Hello and welcome to China Business Brief. This is a new podcast from the China Britain Business Council, where we aim to explain the latest news relevant to anyone working with or in the world's second largest economy. I'm Andrew People, and I'm pleased to be joined for this episode by Torsten Weller, our China policy analyst. Torsten, welcome. You've been looking into the latest signals emerging from Beijing about the direction of China's economic policy next year. What struck you about what policymakers are now saying? Thank you, Andrew, for uh, having me again. We were still waiting for the economic work conference, which will happen next, uh, later this year. And usually the economic work conference is one of the most important uh, political gatherings in Beijing. And it happens in the beginning of December um, every year and sets the economic agenda for the following year. While it's usually low on detail, it often sends very strong signals about the general reform direction. So this year, what we have already is uh, last week's Politburo meeting on the economic work for 2021. And that has sent a very strong signal by saying that in the coming year, China should not only focus on the supply side, but also on the demand side. So policymakers are now required to not just look at how to make Chinese businesses more efficient, but also how to increase uh, consumer spending. And that is a very um, significant adjustment with regard to the, the policy that, as, that we have seen in the last couple of years. Um, the meeting also stressed that antitrust regulations should be strengthened. And we've seen it already with Alibaba and with Tencent that uh, Chinese regulators have clearly stepped up their uh, efforts to um, to better regulate that and to curb the, the power of these big tech companies, especially in, in, uh, in the fields of uh, finance and data collection, where there's a huge debate in China on how to better regulate this. Now, you talked there about measures to bolster the demand side of the Chinese economy. What sort of measures might the Chinese government take next year to do that? Well, that is a big question. So maybe let's first look at what demand side is. So uh, demand, like according to like classical economic theory, is like private spending, government spending, investment, and exports. So what the Chinese government doesn't want to do is it, it doesn't want to increase government spending and investment because that is what it has done like in, in the past. So that's the classical Keynesian approach, but it has to lead to a huge uh, debt problem. So that is something the Chinese government wants to avoid. Um, then we have exports. So They've been pretty strong, but we also know that um, the Chinese government wants to shift its economy away from the dependence on exports. So what's left is private spending. And for example, uh, Huo Chuangshun, um, who's the director of China's chief economist forum, mentioned like five areas where we, we might see more, more reforms. So the first of all is housing, because housing, uh, housing prices uh, have been one of the major reasons that have depressed spending. Um, the second one is um, social welfare. So we know that uh, a large share of the Chinese population still doesn't have access to advanced uh, social welfare spending, and, and therefore they just save money because they don't want to spend it. The third one is, is infrastructure, but mostly in underdeveloped regions and in, in what is called like new infrastructure, like 5G, renewable energies. Um, fourth is green consumption. And fifth, family planning. So what we've seen over the last couple of years is that China has slowly abandoned its, its one-child policy. So we still have like a two-child policy and we might see a complete reversal of this policy from birth control to a pro-natalist uh, policy. Absolutely. So a big agenda for the coming year. 
We've also seen recently China's foreign minister, Wang Yi. He's given a speech setting out China's foreign policy objectives for next year. Can you tell us the main points of the speech that he made? So last Friday, uh, Wang Yi gave a speech at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, where he set out um, like the seven priorities for next year. So it doesn't tell us much about specific policy decisions because they're um, taken by, by Xi Jinping and the, the leadership, but it gives us an idea of where the priorities are for Chinese diplomats and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So the first of all, of course, is that foreign affairs should support China's own economic policy and especially the fulfillment of the 45-year plan, which will start next year. However, the, uh, one important point here is that uh, Wang Yi also stressed that this requires uh, more openness, especially to exchange of people and goods. So this is a very good signal and, and um, also means that China doesn't want to uh, close its borders to foreign trade. The second top priority is for China to help the world recover from, from the COVID pandemic. And he also stressed that China will support uh, regional agreements and, and closely cooperate with uh, its regional neighbors, um, like as we've seen with the with RCEP. Um, he also That's the regional that, economic trade agreement that's just been signed. Exactly. What's also important is that he still said that Belt and Road Initiative will be a top priority for um China's foreign policy. And that kind of contradicts what we've recently seen in Western media who said that the Belt and Road Initiative is dead. And um, what Wang Yi said was that the Belt and Road Initiative will shift its focus from just poor infrastructure projects uh, towards like health, green development and uh, digital development. So especially with, uh, in light of the, the debate about uh, China's vaccine diplomacy. So we might see a structural change uh, and not so much an abandonment uh, of, of the Belt and Road Initiative. Well, taken together, what do the results of the recent Politburo meeting and Wang Yi's speech signify to you in terms of China's near and medium term policy goals? So in the near term, two things. First of all, China wants to manage the recovery well. So it wants to get back to where it was like in, at the end of 2019, especially in terms of um, balanced trade. So, um, so this year we have seen a huge trade surplus um, uh, in China with a weak imports but very strong exports. So China clearly is not happy about it. So it wants to get this relationship back to a sustainable level. China also wants to benefit from the recovery. So especially in relationship with other emerging markets. So it, it wants to help Chinese companies expand their market share, like especially in the healthcare sector. Uh, and other service industries. For the long term, what we have right now is that there uh, is, is the awareness that next year will be an outlier in terms of economic growth. So uh, the IMF expects uh, economic growth uh, of over 8%. So Chinese policymakers are clearly aware that um, this is, is not normal, right? So, it, yeah. But it also gives um, a Chinese, um, the Chinese government an opportunity to maybe focus on the more unpopular reforms uh, in the next year before they might become more costly uh, um, in, in the following years. So um, I think we're going to see a lot of reform initiatives next year, even those that, that might seem um, like sensitive or not very popular with the Chinese middle class. Interesting. So next year is going to be really one to watch because the growth, the growth will be strong simply because of the recovery from the pandemic. Uh, and they might use that 
as cover for some some big reforms. So well worth watching out for that. Looking back over 2020, Torsten, it's obviously been such an unusual and difficult year for so many of us around the world. How do you assess the health of the Chinese economy going into 2021? Well, it's a mixed picture. So on the one hand, um, China has weathered the pandemic better than virtually every other economy. So it, it is the only major economy that will grow this year, like at around like 2%. But on the other hand, we also seen that the recovery was very unbalanced. So exports have surged. So we had like the, the, the biggest um, trade surplus on record in October, while imports have been relatively weak. So domestic demand is now growing, but at a much slower rate than, um, than exports. And that is something that is not sustainable uh, in the long term and, and also something that worries uh, Chinese policymakers. The other problem is that Chinese local governments have become under financial stress. That was partly um, fueled by this, this very limited stimulus, um, but also like a, a shift in the way local governments finance themselves. So the, the, the Chinese government has, uh, instead of direct cash, uh, direct investment in local infrastructures uh, has allowed local governments to issue bonds. And we have seen that, uh, that a lot of these bonds uh, are not what they seem to be and, and that there's a, a huge market risk. And that has made it harder for local governments, especially after a couple of um, local state-owned enterprises have defaulted earlier this year to attract investors. And that will increase pressure on Chinese government to rethink the way local governments finance. Also, especially if it wants to launch major reforms in, in social welfare and housing, because that is all managed at the local level. So we might see some efforts next year to rethink that, and maybe we can even expect significant tax reform. Well, it's going to be a very interesting year, and I know that you'll be watching all of these developments very closely, Torsten. Um, you can find out more from us at our website, cbbc.org. Um, thank you so much for those insights, Torsten, and uh, a happy new year to you and a happy new year to all of our listeners. Thank you.